Welcome everyone to Sacred Silence. This is Sue Ellen Jones and I am your host. This is a new month and I wish to welcome everyone who hasn't been here before. And also, I appreciate those that do visit my podcast and follow along. This is a guided meditation, one meant to help uh, new people to meditation, as well as those that may just need uh, a new source of encouragement and inspiration. Please write in, or uh, there's a voice message system through the Anchor app, and I will uh, check in on those and get back with you as soon as possible. I really want to facilitate people to learn how to be quiet on their inner self. That's what my podcast is about. It is about learning to be silent on the inside. And from there, you might, you will grow in dimensionally and you will grow vibrationally. You will grow in faith and in inspiration because The Bible is clear, as are many traditions, to be still and know God. Enter the rest. You can visit my webpage at EssentialLifeEssence.com and uh, glad to have you there. There's a lot of information. There are blogs and uh, all my podcasts are there, and you will find training. On the very first page, it will teach you about meditation. The power of meditation is found in, you can actually identify it through the science. So there are uh, some teachings about the science. There are teachings about the metaphysical aspect of it, uh, meridians, <clears throat> auras, chakras, All those things are just other names for um, the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. (laughs) We talk about it differently, don't we? And then uh, there's also um, that teaching will include the main thing, keeping the main thing the main thing, which is who you are in Christ. The divine mind or the field of energy that is around you It is a field, and it is energy, and it is God. We are all energy. You are not a solid being like maybe we grew up thinking. So hop on Essential Life Essence and see what all is there for you that could teach you the fundamentals behind the practice of meditation. Now, stay tuned for a short word from our sponsor, and I'll be right back. Welcome, my friends. This is Sue Ellen Jones. And, you know, I have my way of of meditation, which is getting simpler and simpler every single day. But I want to be, as Paul said, all things to all people. And we have lots of different folks in this big, big world of ours. And many of them I would find probably difficult for me to relate to because of cultural differences and perhaps even language differences. But 
right here in the United States and for many other English-speaking nations. Um, I have come from a Christian background. And I thought, first of all, I want to give you a short, very brief background. And then we're going to do what I call the ultimate Christian meditation. The ultimate Christian meditation. Or Christian meditation on steroids. <laughs> All right. Well, who is this Sue Ellen Jones that's bringing you these podcasts called Sacred Silence? Well, as a child, I, I first of all was born of a miracle. My mother had had uh, a serious, serious case of uh, cancer, and she'd had many radiation treatments. And this is a long while ago. So her the prospect that she would even have a child was pretty slim. In fact, they told her she would never have a child. And yet, then I was born. Um, I can very clearly remember as a three- and four-year-old lying on my bed at night, looking up at the ceiling, playing with my pillow, and talking to God. It was just normal for me to do that. As a young girl growing up, by the time I reached around eight years of age, I was walking approximately eight blocks to church every Sunday. Now, there are two reasons for that. One, we did not own a car. <laughs> so, of course, I walked. But also, I walked alone. My parents uh, had been brought up and attended the Catholic Church. But because they both were divorced before they married... The church at that time had excommunicated them, and they were not really welcome to practice as Catholics. They could attend a service but not practice as a Catholic. Well, that didn't encourage them to go, did it? But they did talk about their faith at home, and I walked to church, to a Catholic church, every day for years and years. Or not every day, but every Sunday for years and years. I got my first communion and my confirmation and all those things I did pretty much by myself. So by the time I was 10 or 11 years old, I had my first Holy Communion. And it was very important to me to go to church every Sunday. I used to experience little miracles along the way. I'd leave my house and I'd hear bells ringing. And I'd hear bells for eight blocks. And I never thought anything of it at all, which is what kind of got me into trouble, and I suppose it does many people. When you grow up with something, and it is who you are from the very get-go, you think everyone is just like you. So when you start talking to people about, oh, what did God say, or <laughs> things like that, and you're just a kid, uh, people look at you a bit strangely, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. I do remember being called over to a friend's home. She was my best friend. Her parents were having difficulties. They sat me down, and they were asking me what the church would say about marriage and divorce. And I was giving them uh, good answers, answers that engaged them, and they talked about, and we discussed. The only thing odd about all of this was, I was about 12 years old. 
that to me is quite odd that anyone would ask a 12-year-old questions such as that. But it did remind me a little bit, not that I'm making my comparison here, but I remember Jesus going to the temple and everybody sat around him as he spoke as one who had wisdom. And I know that wisdom comes from above and is born in us. And unfortunately, we lose it. Not that we lose wisdom, but we lose the knowledge of our wisdom. We forget what wise creatures we are as we get older. So there was that. As I, later in life, I have always been bent. The twig here has been bent toward God in every way. I used to think that, first of all, you had to have Holy Communion, various uh, sacraments of the church. And I understood later that, no, those are completely unnecessary, but uh, they were probably part of my journey, and I can honor them. Also, many stipulations of the church ended up being more or less coming from the fear of the church, fear of uh, losing, they would call it losing your salvation. They would call it committing the unpardonable sin. They call it all kinds of things. Um, but it's all fear-based. And for me, it holds no meaning, absolutely none, because I discovered something. I discovered that God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, that there is no shadow of turning in Him. There is no anything. And frankly, I don't have enough power to send myself anywhere bad. <laughs> because you know what? There really isn't anywhere bad. Where would bad come from? Who made it? Did Satan make it? Some people believe that. But I choose for many years to believe that, but have since come to an understanding that most of the evil and the bad things and the bad places and bad people and bad feelings and fears and every other bitterness, anger, and wrath I have generated from my own place of fear. And that once I face it, it pretty much goes away. I had a friend who used to say, well, this is the devil. And she'd point to her shoulder like there was a little bug on her shoulder. She'd say, if this is the devil, then she'd flick it off. <laughs> And that's kind of a good illustration for me, too. Well, so I, I grew and uh, always have um, vibrated with the, with the love of God, always. Um, I find myself now through these meditations, which I would used to call soaking, and there was a whole stream of Christianity that um, would become still, and they would wait upon the Lord, and they would listen and my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and another they will not follow. And that was something that they began to practice. And for me, it was a contemplative practice, one that really stirred my soul, and I still do it to this day. It is the one that has meant more to me than anything else ever could have. So, what is the ultimate Christian meditation? All right. I believe the scripture that summarizes my position in Christ and who I am and who as God is to me, Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Christ, our Christ, is uh, the anointed one. I'm going to give this tiny bit of teaching before we actually get into the meditation. He is the ultimate text. He is the living word. So when it says, I am crucified Christ, nevertheless, I live yet not Christ, but not me, but Christ lives in me. The living word is Christ. There's a, a teacher, uh, kind of a prophetic teacher named John Crowder. He said, we don't need to read. We do not read in the beginning there was the Bible, but rather in the beginning there was the word and the word was with God. And that's found in John 1. Christ is the word of the Father. The person of Christ is the text by which we read everything else. Christ is the word. He is the living word. You certain Jesus said this, you search the scriptures because you think you they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. And in John 5:39 We don't worship the book. We worship the person. When we look at the person of Jesus Christ, he is the lens through which all other scriptures fall into place. At its essence, meditation is a simple awareness of being. Meditation is very direct gentle and thorough, it is a study of ourselves and an exploration of our life experience. Revelation comes as the word is breathed upon, not merely memorized. A parrot can memorize. So there you have it, folks. I believe that the ultimate Christian Scripture, the pinnacle of our faith is found in Galatians 2 and 20 when it says that um, that we live, yet it's not I, but it's Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So today in our meditation, I want to uh, bring up a couple of things. Number one, as a Christian meditation, we're just calling it that because Christ mean, Christian means little Christ. So we're just ta- standing in his stead, and we're saying this to ourselves, literally. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now, I am crucified. Crucifixion brings forth that picture of death, complete and utter death. Nevertheless, I live. Well, that is the whole picture of Easter, and we're in that season. This is the Lenten season. Yet, it isn't I, it's Christ that lives in me. From our meditative point of view we, and scientific point of view, we understand Christ is in all in all. He is in everything. Everything subsists because of him. And if you boil it down, there's an energy about God. It's life force energy. And that is exactly what we are. What is in us is the life force of God made in his image, made in his express image. That the 
living seed, the incorruptible seed of God is in us. We're not of this world. We're not. We're strangers. Remember who we are. And it is the God of the universe that is alive in us. I like to say, God is alive in me as me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, the flesh is your, is your um, earth body. It is the suit that you wear that is compatible with the earth's environment and atmosphere. Just like a fish can live in water but cannot live on land, the environment of land does not suit the fish's flesh. But the water does. He is perfectly designed to exist in water. We are perfectly designed to live on earth and on land. So that's what flesh is all about. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not your faith. It's the faith of the Son of God. It's His faith. It is the faith of the perfect God, the perfect being, the perfect deity, the perfect, the divine love, the divine light, the divine power, the divine love of the entire universe, the whole entire banana. And it is, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us, and he gave himself for us. By giving, we receive, you see, by giving, we receive, and that's what he did. So in essence, we are being one with God. And that's what we're really focusing on. This is very much what the Asians and the Eastern folk would believe as well. And it comes through in the Jewish scriptures, being one with God. The essence of who you are is that you're a child of God. The essence of who you are is that you are a son or a daughter of God. The essence of who you are is that Jesus Christ is your elder brother. The essence of who you are is that God is your father. Now let it all just sink in and think on these things. Be in this exact moment as your exploring your life experience. So we find a place to sit and we put our feet flat, we stretch out, just making sure our back is is uh, free to flow the energy, the life-giving energy of the living God flowing through us as us. Let's take about five or six nice deep breaths. recognizing that it is the breath of God breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. Breathe in the life-giving breath and you are a living soul. Breathe in the life of God. Now in our meditation, we will see ourselves You can use that scripture if you like. It's found in Galatians 2 and 20. You can look it up. Or what I like to do is just see myself sitting 
with God of the universe. Imagine that any way you wish. You're the boss. It's, it's your vision, your revelation. Just see it in your mind's eye. You're sitting with God. You're sitting with Jesus. You're sitting with the creator of all things. And you recognize that you and he are one. You're one in Christ. You are one with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are one with Father God. You are one with Jesus. You are one with all the saints. It's a great crowd of witnesses. You are one right now in your very being. You contain everything, every universe, all things that exist in this one moment of your being. This is your meditation, your essence of who you are. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. The living word is in you. And just let me continue speaking these things over you, and you think of them, and imagine them, and see them, and let your heart leap with gladness within you. Put a little smile on your face, and and a smile from inside out as you contemplate, meditate, and think about all the beauty of holiness that is you. Be perfect as I am perfect, saith the Lord, and you are perfect. That we are one, as Jesus said in his high priestly prayer, Father, let them know that I'm in you and you're in me and they, we are one with them just as you and I are one and think on these things let it bless your heart let the word of the living God be your food eat me, he said eat my flesh drink my blood metaphorically we are drinking in the very essence of life through the breath of God. And we are eating and digesting and letting become one with us, the very essence of God. Jesus said, well, actually in the Old Testament it says, ye are gods. And Jesus quoted that scripture and told them, ye are gods. We did not, we're not the original God, but we are in him, and he is in us, and it is not um, a little bit of God, it's the whole banana. We got it all. Think on these things. Have Does not your heart leap within you, he told the apostles as they were walking on the road to Damascus. They were just walking along the way, and they didn't recognize him. But when he said that, they did. They knew that he had spoken to them truth, and their heart would leap within them. And this is true. Let it leap. Be filled with joy. It says in the Word that we have no need of a 
teacher. The Holy Spirit was given to be our teacher. And uh, quite often we have censored him and to, in favor of man's wisdom. But we have to go back and recognize that God's goodness, man's goodness, are two different things. And that God is all good, all the time. That his salvation is perfect. That if he said you're a child of a king, then you are a child of a king. And your mind, let it wrap around that. See yourself just abiding in the peace, love, and the grace of God in his presence. Dwelling in his presence. Hear the song of the soul set free. Feel the joy, the kindnesses, and the love of God rising in you. Be a receiver of his love. There is therefore now no condemnation. And the only condemnation we ever have is when we do not see ourselves in Christ. You see, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are called. Well, who's called? Everyone's called. (laughs) Every single person is called. But if you don't see it, if you think you lack, you will lack. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think you're an overcomer, you are an overcomer. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, mind of Christ. His mind, your mind, all the same. One. You have a new heart, and you are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. All. It's a word in the scripture that people selectively choose when to believe it and when not to believe it. So in some cases, all have sinned, we believe that. But all are made alive in Christ. Eh, not so much. (laughs) We like to say, only if they believe, only if they put their trust in Christ. No, that's not true. All have sinned. All in Adam were condemned. When you were a child born, does that not apply to you? Did you choose anything, any part of being in Adam? Of course not. And you don't choose any part of the salvation either. It's just done for you. It's part of the God of this universe cannot create something that's not perfect. It's not even possible. (laughs) Think about it. Oh, I love our brains. So I'm just letting your brains begin to uh, hit on all Pistons, just go, go, go. And breathe in life. Life is found in the breath of God. Breath sustaining all living things. You are one. And one with Him. And in Him. And you are blessed. Stay with it as long as you will.